The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Barron's Live Market Watch Edition. My name is Alessandra Molito. I'm the retirement reporter at Market Watch, and today with me is Michael Finca, Retirement Income Institute Research Fellow at the Alliance for Lifetime Income. Welcome, Michael. Thanks so much for joining me today. Great to be here. So I'm just going to dive right in. We know that annuities is a very, very hot topic. It's very important, and yet there are so many misunderstandings associated. So here goes. What exactly are annuities? And uh, can you name some of the more common types that investors may come across? Sure. So let's take a step back and say annuities, if you look them up in the dictionary, they would say essentially you trade a lump sum of money for a guarantee of a lifetime income, which is why Social Security is an example of an annuity. A pension is an example of an annuity. I think where there's a lot of confusion is that there are a lot of different types of financial products that fall within this product structure of annuity. So uh, another way to define annuities is that it is a unique set of tax laws um, that, that guide, you know, even a regulatory structure. So these are offered by insurance companies. They're regulated by uh, state insurance regulators. And the purpose of an annuity is to either accumulate money for the for, for, for creating an income in retirement or to create that income in retirement ultimately. And the tax laws actually incentivize the use of annuities as a way of creating an income in retirement. So, um, you know, of course, this is even more important now than it has been in the past because we have this huge generation of baby boomers, these defined contribution savers who... Um, don't have pensions. Uh, fewer than one in five of them who are in their 60s right now are going to have some sort of an employer pension. So they have a big lump sum of money and they have to figure out how to turn that lump sum of money into a lifestyle in retirement. And annuities, as many economists would, would agree, are the most efficient way to generate income from your savings in retirement. Absolutely. So I know from my reporting that annuities don't always have the best reputation. Could you talk a little bit about some of the misconceptions around annuities? Yeah, I think that that some of that negative reputation is certainly well earned. We've all heard about the steak dinners that where people are sold annuity products that are maybe not necessarily in their best interest. So I think it's important to be cautious when you're considering the purchase of annuity. Do your homework. Uh, work with someone who you trust to make a recommendation of a product that is going to give you what you hope to achieve in retirement. Um, now, that said, uh, you know, th there are also financial advisors who say that they hate annuities and that they're never going to use an annuity, which is also wrong because annuities have their purpose. It's just a product structure and there's uh, cheaper ones and more expensive ones. And uh, it protects you against this risk of potentially running out of money in retirement, which is a very real risk. And they, they have a place for most retirees in their retirement plan as a way of cutting off that risk of potentially outliving your savings. And that risk is, it's a very real, real risk. We all face this risk. 
And annuities are really the only product structure that allow you to protect against it. Yeah, I've heard that about advisors and, and investors who uh, say they'll never use it, no, no matter what type it is. Um, but when when do annuities work for retirees and when don't they work? Like when would be appropriate or like how do you even make sense of when of what type of product is appropriate? Well, um, there are a few questions that you have to ask yourself. First of all, do you want the income right now? in which case you might want an immediate annuity. So let's talk about some of the different types of annuities. There's essentially fixed annuities and variable annuities. Fixed annuities, the, the rate of return that you're going to receive is fixed when you buy the annuity and it's based on whatever bond returns are at the time of the annuity purchase. So what the insurance company does is when you buy an annuity, say you pay $300,000 for a lifetime income annuity, they invest that money in bonds at today's rates. And then they promise you a lifetime income that's really based on their expectation of how long you're going to live and what those interest rates are. Now, there's also what's known as a variable annuity. And a variable annuity will allow you to invest in growth types of assets, things like stocks, that you expect to get a higher rate of return on, on average. Um, so variable annuities are associated with higher potential upside, but also greater potential investment risk. Um, fixed annuities are, are really there for, for a certainty. Um, and a lot of retirees should think of their retirement income goal in terms of their budget. Begin with how you want to spend your money and how flexible you're willing to be when it comes to your spending, and then match the annuity type to the budget that you want to live on in retirement. So let's say you, you know, got $60,000 of basic expenses in retirement. Social Security is going to cover part of that. Um, but the other part of that you can cover with some sort of an income annuity. Now, there's also deferred income annuities, which allow you to buy the promise of an income in the future. So let's say you're 60 years old, you can buy a deferred income annuity that begins making payments at 65 or at age 67. Um, you could even buy an annuity to serve as a social security bridge. So if you're 62 and you want to delay social security to 70, you can actually buy an annuity that will pay over the course of the next eight years and provide you an income bridge until you get greater social security payments from delayed social security. So an annuity is a tool and there's different types of tools. It's important to understand the basics, fixed, variable annuities. Um, they have different purposes and also annuities can be used for accumulation. And again, the tax laws favor the use of annuities for accumulation for the purpose of creating a lifetime income. So in other words, annuities are not the best way to pass wealth on to others. They are an efficient way to create income for yourself. Absolutely. I, I mean, I've spoken with people who say that um, it's not like you have to give all of your money towards an annuity. You can break up whatever you have so that you're getting some sort of an income from the product and then you, you know, you use the rest of it in whatever way you want, whether it be through different investment strategies or something else. Um, so there's balance. It's not like you have to give it all. Yeah, and I think the best way to conceptualize that is that we have a part of our budget that is flexible. Um, we might choose to use some sort of an investment strategy to fund our, our flexible expenses, but we've got a portion of our budget that's inflexible. And for that portion, investment risk is not really appropriate. So our choice is between bonds or some kind of income annuity. And it may be a fixed income annuity. It may be some type of an income annuity that has a lifetime income benefit. 
which allows you to withdraw. Say you have a million dollar portfolio and you have an income benefit of $45,000 a year. It guarantees that you're capable of withdrawing $45,000 a year from that investment portfolio. But you know, you're always going to be able to spend that $45,000 per year on top of social security. That's going to provide you with a foundation of lifestyle and you can play with the rest of it, but you really shouldn't play with a part of your budget that's inflexible. Yeah, definitely. Um, so could you talk a little bit about when people should start planning or considering an annuity? Like, do you do it at retirement? Should you be thinking about it five, 10 years before? Well, you know, a lot of retirees today, they've done really well over the last 10 years in the stock market. Now, we've had some drawbacks recently, but the question you should ask yourself is, say you're in your early 60s, do you want to buy away that risk of your, you know, do, do you want to buy yourself a lifestyle right now that's going to happen in the future? In which case you can actually buy a deferred income annuity. You can do it with qualified accounts like your IRAs. Um, you can do it with non-qualified accounts, in which case the annuity will allow you to defer taxation until you begin taking income payments. And especially in non-qualified annuities, this is a really important opportunity, I think, for sophisticated investors to take advantage of the tax deferral benefit of the annuity structure. Um, you, there are what's known as multi-year guaranteed annuities, which are incredibly attractive right now. Many of them are paying you know, up to a three and a half or four percent right now, guaranteed. So you get that three and a half to four percent significantly higher than what you're getting on a CD right now. But with a CD, you're taxed annually on the gains in that investment. With the annuity, you can get that four percent deferred maybe over the course of four or five years. And then in five years, you can actually roll that into a lifetime income. Uh, and in a non-qualified account, that's also tax deferred because only a, a small portion of your income payment is going to be subject to taxation because of what's known as the exclusion ratio. Now, this is where people's eyes start glazing over because this gets a little bit complicated. The bottom line is that in a non-qualified account, there are significant tax incentives to using an annuity as an income tool. So the government wants to create these incentives to encourage people to save, to have a higher guaranteed lifetime income in retirement, presumably because they don't have to be as dependent on government benefits. Um, and so, you know, that that opportunity is there to take advantage of that tax deferral benefit. Why not do it? Absolutely. Could you actually um, just expand a little bit on the exclusion ratio? You know, what exactly you meant by that? And just, um, you know, for people who are uh, just worried about taxation later on in life. That's it's a great question. So when I buy an immediate lifetime annuity, say at the age of 65, the government thinks I'm going to live say 20 years. And so what it does is it takes the expected payments for the next 20 years, divides it by 20, looks at how much you paid for that annuity originally, and assumes that part is just a return of the principal that you paid for the annuity. Any interest above that is taxable. Um, but you know the annuity is actually priced on you basing, based on you living longer than 20 years. Those tables are maybe a little bit old. So, you know, your, your taxable income over the course of the first 20 years is, is relatively modest from those annuity payments. If you had put, say, half a million dollars into a bond portfolio yielding 4%, then that's going to, you're, you're going to have to uh, take $20,000 of annually taxable gains on that bond portfolio over the course of the year. 
And if you're in a 40, 25% tax bracket, you know, that's, that's a $5,000 tax bill. With the annuity payment, you may have a taxable income portion that is maybe one fifth or even smaller percentage of that amount. So essentially it allows you to delay taxation on that safe portion of your retirement investments longer. It is probably an underappreciated benefit of using the annuity structure as a way of generating lifetime income. Thank you. That was great. So I just want to remind the audience that we are taking questions later on. So if you have any questions, feel free to share them and we will hopefully get to them very soon. Um, but I still have a few more questions of my own. So um, how should people vet an annuity? Say they are, uh, you know, one is suggested to them by a financial advisor or some sort of representative. Um, you know, as we talked about, people do get nervous when they are uh, offered as an option. So how can people um, make sense of, you know, what's good, what's not, what might be okay, but not for them and, you know, just feel comfortable about their decisions? Well, first of all, understand how much you're paying from your investments for the annuity. Um, now, some annuities are very simple. You're just trading a lump sum of money for a promise of lifetime income. It's very easy to compare quotes. Uh, you can go online. It's it's you know a very straightforward process. Some are a little bit more complicated. In the accumulation stage, you may be paying for investment fees. Uh, there may be other mortality charges and expenses that are associated with the cost of the annuity. Those are going to be clearly specified as part of the annuity contract. There's also going to be a charge if you choose to have a lifetime income benefit. There's going to be a charge for that lifetime income benefit. That's insurance. It's called a fee, but essentially it's there to protect you against the risk of outliving your savings. So it's different than the investment fees. It is an insurance charge that you're paying for the purpose of providing lifetime income protection. That's a big misconception that I very often see is that those insurance charges that are paying for the insurance company's promise that if you live to the age of 95 and the balance of your annuity account has completely run out, they will continue to make those income payments. An investment advisor will not guarantee that, but an insurance product where you're paying for that lifetime income guarantee, and it might be called something like a guaranteed minimum withdrawal benefit from an insurance product, that's what you're paying for the insurance. So you're paying part of it for investments. You're paying part of it for insurance. Understand how much you're paying for each um, and understand the details of what that minimum lifestyle guarantee actually is going to be. Now, if you pay for the minimum lifestyle guarantee, you're paying for insurance, you should use it. If you don't withdraw money from the policy, then essentially the policy will continue to charge you for that benefit that you're not taking advantage of. Thank you. So annuities are a small, but actually, no, not small. They're a big part of retirement income planning, which is different than traditional retirement planning. I just wrote an article for um, the Market Watch's Best New Ideas in Retirement series about this, and it, it they are different, you know, traditional retirement planning versus retirement income planning. Uh, could you talk a little bit about the latter? You know, what exactly is retirement income planning? How do annuities fit into that? And why is it important to differentiate? Yeah, so let's let's take a step back and think, all right, what is the purpose of your money when you hit retirement? You essentially only have two goals. One is to pass the money on to others. And the other is lifestyle. It's to spend that money. And then the question becomes, what do you want that lifestyle to look like? Do you want to spend more early on in retirement? 
um, do you, you know, is, is maximizing the lifestyle that you have your ultimate goal? Um, or do you want to be able to preserve that nest egg over time? Now, if you want to preserve the nest egg over time, you're obviously going to sacrifice that lifestyle. You're not going to spend as much as you could. And again, you have to ask yourself, what is the purpose of that money? You know, I, I interview retirees sometimes and they say things like, they're so proud of the fact that they're not actually spending down their savings in retirement. They're um, using coupons and going to two for one dinners. And I said, well, that's great. You must really want to be giving this money to your kids. And they say, well, no, you know, I've helped them pay for their college education. They make plenty of money. That's not my goal. Well, there's only two goals. And if your one goal for that part of the money is lifestyle, then the focus should be on how do you generate the most spending from the savings that you've accumulated for retirement? Um, and if you do that, then all of a sudden these annuity options become very appealing. And I think that, you know, in some cases, there may not be as strong as an, of an incentive for an investment advisor to recommend a partial annuitization strategy if they're getting compensated based on assets under management. They want to preserve that capital base to be able to provide them with an income in retirement. But ultimately, the job of the retirement advisor, or the job of you as a retiree, is to think about what your objective is and your objective is a lifestyle and each one of those years of retirement you can think of as a liability and you want to be able to fund that liability with the greatest amount of security and you also want to be able to spend the most each year and then you start you know once you begin to think of retirement spending as a liability that really makes it much clearer the approach that you need to take to retirement income planning you know i i say accumulation is very simple accumulation is you have a goal of a dollar amount or a lifestyle that you want to achieve in retirement and then you're just managing assets to achieve that goal over time but once you hit retirement all of a sudden it it the liabilities need to be the focus and the liabilities are the lifestyle how do you generate the best lifestyle that you can with the money that you've got? Definitely. So um, as far as, you know, just this whole puzzle goes, there, there are many pieces. Annuities, like I said, that's one of them. And then you mentioned, you know, investment strategies, but, and there's also social security. Could you talk a little bit about like, um, especially for those who might be doing it themselves, how do you, um, like, how do you put it all together? You know, how do you, what are the best strategies or do you have a, a tip or two for how people could just buckle down and say, all right, this is what I need for retirement income. And these are some of the ways that I can accomplish those goals. You know, retirement income planning, you can actually simplify quite a bit. You are earning an income before retirement and you have to reflect on how much of your gross income you actually spend before you retire. What is your lifestyle? Because very often Americans spend about the same amount of money after they retire as they did before retirement. So my research shows that the average couple that's making $200,000, they're really only spending about 55% of that. So they're spending about $110,000 a year. That's the lifestyle that you need to replicate. Um, and then you get to retirement and what portion of that $110,000 is flexible and what portion of that $110,000 is inflexible. So maybe $70,000 is inflexible. If you have that $70,000 inflexible spending goal, figure out how much money you're getting from Social Security, figure out how much money you're getting from any other sources of pensions, and then think about how you're going to make up the remainder of that gap. Um, and that's where income annuities come in, especially with the inflexible portion of your budget. You want to be able to 
develop a strategy that is going to be safe. So not reliant on the stock market to be able, you know, stock market returns to be able to support your inflexible expenses. It's either bonds or it's annuities. And with bonds, the problem is that you just don't know how long you're going to live in retirement. So if you build the bonds all the way out to 90 or, you know, a, a healthy 65 year old woman has about a 50% chance of living beyond the age of 90. So you build it to 95. Well, she's got a 27% chance of living beyond the age of 95. So maybe you build it to age 100 or 105. But if you do that, then you have to devote so much of your savings to funding that basic spending in retirement. Why not just buy an income annuity? You can take less of your savings to cover that inflexible spending goal. Then you've got more money to spend on the fun stuff, on that flexible spending in retirement. So it's a relatively straightforward process. Figure out how much you want to spend, figure out what percentage of that is inflexible, and then think about how you're going to fund that inflexible with either some kind of guaranteed income um, outside or within either social security or pensions. And then how are you going to fill the remainder of that bucket? And that's where annuities are more efficient than other options. Great. Well, uh, the audience questions are just rolling in. So I'm just going to jump into those now. Um, Paul asked, please discuss fees and costs for the different types of annuities. It appears there's a lack of transparency for, for those uh, you know, around that. Right. So, uh, Paul, that's that's a very good question, because I, I have also felt that there is a lack of transparency and an ease by which consumers can compare different types of oftentimes very complex annuity products. Now, when we start with the more simple types of annuity products, those fixed immediate or fixed deferred types of annuities, they're very straightforward. The, the expenses are already built into it. It's not an annual fee that you're paying for other types of products. You may have to pay an annual fee. And you should pay close attention to what those fees are. How much are you paying for each different element of the annuity? And I think the bottom line is that if you want one of those more complex products, and there, there's actually some very attractive pricing right now on different types of annuity products that may appear a little bit more complex, but essentially they, they consist of an investment account where fees are withdrawn that also provides some sort of a lifetime income benefit. You can take a certain amount of money from that investment account. And that's where I would say focus on that income benefit. How much is that type of product guaranteed to pay you every year? And that investment account, very often, uh, those fees will be deducted from the investment account. It will get smaller every year. Your income will be deducted from that investment account every year. And at some point, they'll likely deplete. Uh, but that's okay, because that's what the purpose of the annuity is, is to provide your, your lifetime income, your base lifestyle, to really focus on that base lifestyle. Great. And Bob asked, what about upfront fees? And, you know, I've heard that they're high. Can you trade out of one annuity to another easily? Yeah, this is why it is so important to do your homework, because very often when annuities are sold, the insurance companies, um, you know, they have to pay someone to sell the uh, annuity product. And that's going to cost a certain amount of money for the insurance company. And if you trade out every year or two, then the insurance company is going to lose a lot of money on the annuity products that they've created. So make sure it's a long-term solution for you. It's really in your best interest 
to not trade in and out of these types of products on a regular basis, especially if they're commission compensated. Now, an exception to that might be like those multi-year guarantees annuities. You might want to buy one for three or four years that provides you accumulation over the course of three or four years. At that point, you roll it into a different type of lifetime income product. Um, but the commissions on those types of multi-year guaranteed annuities are, are very tiny. And Hanny asked, when is the best age to open an annuity to produce income stream during retirement? And can it be funded with an IRA fund? Yeah, so uh, you can fund an annuity with an IRA. There's a lot of arguments, especially when it comes to those variable types of annuities for using an IRA to fund those, because that exclusion ratio doesn't apply to income from those variable annuities, generally speaking. Um, so if, if you want to use your IRA to fund an annuity, that, that can be a very good option. You know, I will say that those types of immediate simple annuities, the non-qualified account can be a really efficient way to fund that type of lifetime income. But with an IRA, you've got a different range of options because you don't have to worry so much about whether it's eligible for the exclusion ratio or not. So these two questions are very similar. So I'm going to ask them both at the same time. Carlos asked, does it make sense, financial sense, for a person in their late 70s to get an annuity? And Vito asked, does it make sense to open an annuity at age 80? You know, yes. So let's take a moment and talk about mortality credits and how annuities are priced. So when the insurance company sells you an annuity, uh, an actuary, you know, who is someone who understands the likelihood that people are going to live over the course of the next year um, estimates how much it's going to cost to fund that obligation on average. And if you're 80 years old, your likelihood of living to 81 is lower than it was if you were seven years old. And that means you can buy the promise of income at the age of 81 at a lower price than if you were 70 buying the promise of income at the age of 71. So an 80 year old for the fixed amount of money that they have to devote to an annuity can buy more income per dollar than a 70 year old could. That's what's known as a mortality credit. So the mortality credit is essentially the present value of that payment based on today's bond rates multiplied by the probability that you're going to be alive to cash that check. And, you know, oftentimes annuities will have some sort of guaranteed return of principal. So if you pay $300,000 for the annuity and you die after a couple of years, then they'll pay you the $300,000 back. That's very common with annuity contracts. Um, and that's, you know, it's, a lot of people are fear the, the possibility that they're not going to make out because they die early. You know, essentially what annuities do is they take those who don't live as long and they use their, their money to subsidize those who live a very long time. Now, that's efficient because no matter how long you live, you can always spend more if you buy an annuity. You're part of a, a long life income club. And as long as everybody in the club is pitching in, those who live a long time are, are going to get the money. But everybody in the club gets to spend more each year because they're getting those mortality credits. Um, so in other words, the cost of income as you get older, when you're part of a lifetime income club, declines because the likelihood of you being able to cash that check goes down. It's kind of morbid to think about, but uh, it's, you know, when I get to retirement, I think for most of most economists who study this stuff, that's what we're going to do. I mean, we, we, we have this money that we've saved up. We want to be able to spend as much of it as possible without having to worry about running out. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I didn't know. No, all that. Um, Angela asked, are annuities more attractive now that interest rates are higher? Definitely. So 
Uh, what you've seen when you look at quotes recently is that annuity quotes have gone up uh, and they're really based on bond rates. You know, the mortality part doesn't change. Uh, it had changes gradually over time. In fact, uh, one of the misconceptions about mortality in the United States is that it really hasn't budged. But the reality is, if you're an actuary looking at who is buying lifetime income for higher income Americans, they've seen their mortality increase in recent decades. So the kind of people who buy annuities or have the amount of savings needed to buy an annuity of any significant amount, um, they're probably going to live longer than average. Um, so I completely forgotten what the question was. Just if, if the annuities are more attractive now because of, of they it. are, yes. <laughs> because the two elements are the interest rates and the expected longevity. Yes. Lee asked a very interesting question. For a very affluent retiree over $25 million in savings who can easily fund his or her spending each year with dividends from an investment portfolio and stocks, along with Social Security, do you see any advantage in seeking out annuities for part of this person's wealth? Yes. <clears throat> Let me give you a couple of examples. The first is mathematical. The second is behavioral. So mathematically, if you've got a big, you know, if, you, if you're someone who's wealthy, you probably got a big chunk of your assets in non-qualified savings. If you've got money in non-qualified savings, then uh, you, you are paying very high taxes on the fixed income portion of that portfolio. You can put the money in municipal bonds, but they're not really going to pay you very much right now. Or you can put the money in some sort of annuity accumulation vehicle. And for the fixed income portion of your portfolio, get tax deferred growth over time. Then you can turn on the income whenever you want perhaps take advantage of the exclusion ratio. It's really a way to benefit from some of those tax rules that are associated with the use of annuities that encourage their use to create lifetime income. You know, on average, you're going to get the more money over the course of your lifetime through that type of a structure um, after tax. So, uh, you know, it's, it's the other, the other answer is, you know, frankly, it's a paycheck. And psychologically, people feel more comfortable spending money that they know is never going to run out. So if it's a paycheck, you may have $25 million, but if you can set aside two or $3 million at the beginning of retirement, buy yourself an income of maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, you've always got that money to spend. That's always, and even psychologically, you feel the license to be able to spend that money because you know it's never going to run out as opposed to taking money out of your portfolio. And again, you know, if you're taking even dividends, dividends are not a substitute substitute for annuities. Dividends are really just the for sale of a portion of your stock portfolio. It's money that you're investing in stock that's returned to you periodically. Uh, but the value of your stock investments go down, goes down exactly by the amount of that dividend payment. It's a big misconception that they're actually a form of income. And of course, if they're stock investments, they're risky. And, and risky investments go down sometimes like they are now. Yeah, actually, I have a question to follow up on the flip side. So for somebody who has a fraction of that and uh, they are interested in annuities, they want to dedicate a portion of their savings, say they've saved a million at most. Um, could you talk a little bit about the behavioral side to, to that, you know, like giving up such a, you know, like chunk of what you've saved the last 40 years, say, and, you know, just worrying about you know, if they made the right decision or if the product was the appropriate one and so on? You know, that, yeah, that's that's always going to be a concern is, did, did I make the right decision? I think if you stay focused on what your goals are, and if your goal is income, then really focus on that lifetime income 
uh, either a lifetime income benefit or the amount of guaranteed income that you're receiving from a fixed annuity, then you can emphasize the reason why you bought the annuity in the first place, which is to provide that base of spending in retirement that you know is never going to go down. A million dollars is plenty. Um, you know, for most retirees, they're going to have social security. They just need something to live on on top of that. And then you have to think about with, a, with that $1 million, I can buy about, say, $6,000 of income every year for every $100,000 that I have from an income annuity. Um, how do I do that? Is, is, you know, how much income do I want? Do I want to take $400,000 or $500,000 to buy that income on top of social security to give myself a lifestyle? Um, then with the rest of it, am I, am I comfortable with just having it in stocks and bonds? And if stocks fall, am I okay with that? Is that going to affect my lifestyle very much? I mean, what are the biggest problems with using an investments only approach and taking a whole lot of investment risk is that when markets do what they're doing right now, that causes people to pull back on their spending. And I'm not sure if that's the right approach to building a retirement income plan. Yeah, so we don't have much more time, but I have two more quick questions I wanted to ask you from the audience. Uh, Brenda asked, what percentage of your por portfolio should be in annuities? Well, that all depends, again, on what the objective of that money is. Um, someone who may have a very generous pension, an annuity makes less sense for them than it does for someone who's just got Social Security and they've got to make up the rest with the remainder of their IRA money. Uh, for them, an, uh, putting a larger percentage of their wealth in an annuity is more optimal. Um, and I should also point out that an annuity, when you buy an annuity with a portion of your savings, if it's providing that lifetime income, then you can actually take greater investment risk with the remainder of your savings because you have a safety net. The downside is not as bad as it otherwise would be. And the downside is real. So if you take investment risk and it doesn't work out at the beginning of retirement, you may start out with a million dollars. After a year, you might have $750,000. All of a sudden, you have to ramp back or you have to cut back on your spending to be able to maintain the sense of security that you feel comfortable with. That's one of the benefits of annuitization is that you don't feel the need so much to cut back on your spending if markets fall. Definitely. And Chris asked, do you recommend a single payout or a yearly payout? Um, single payout or a yearly payout. Now from an annuity, the way that the tax system works, it incentivizes that annual lifetime payout of the annuity. If you take, you know, if, if you cash in an annuity at the age of 65, you're going to pay tax on the entire growth and the value of that annuity product. That's usually not the most efficient way to do it. You can also spread out over a certain number of years um, that payment from the annuity. But really, I see annuities most as most efficient when they're providing a lifetime income. That is great. So unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for today, although I have a feeling we could have kept answering questions for another hour or two. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Michael, for being here. And thank you to our audience for tuning in. Uh, we hope you listen to our next episode tomorrow. Baron Senior Managing Editor Lauren Rublin and healthcare industry reporter Josh Nathan Katzis discuss the outlook for healthcare stocks and the latest news on COVID-19 treatments and vaccines. Thank you again for listening today. Stay safe and have a great day. The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.